Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of the Information Security Media Group. If you're a government information technology specialist looking to advance your career, especially in information security, check out the Information Resources Management College. It's a division of the National Defense University at Fort McNair in Washington, D.C. Among its 10 graduate-level programs, such as CIO certification and IT project management, is the fastest-growing one, Information Assurance. To speak about the college and its information assurance program, we're joined by the college's executive director, Robert Childs, and two of its faculty members, Dr. Robert Rocky Young and Air Force Captain Stephen Mancini. Dr. Childs, please tell us about the college. The Information Resources Management College, uh, we celebrated our 20th anniversary here past fall, and we evolved from the old Department of Defense Computer Institute. In 1988, the college was reformed from a technical school into an executive program for mid-level to senior officers and civilians to give a managerial and a leadership perspective in the different areas that revolve around information. The first program was the Chief Information Officer Program, that's our largest program right now. The next program was the Information Assurance Program and is our fastest growing program at this time. With that program, we're recognized by NSA and Department of Homeland Security as a national center of excellence in information assurance education. We have programs in enterprise architecture, organizational transformation, and project management. We fill about three to 4,000 seats a year. We run roughly three conferences a year. This year we're running one on virtual worlds and we're heading a consortium of about 50 governmental agencies. And we're taking a look at virtual worlds and all of the web 2.0 technologies. And we're doing that in April. In July 15th, we're putting on a joint symposium with a number of the private sector and with the Office of Networks and Information Integration uh, in OSD on cloud computing. And then we're having a, a cyber war symposia the 24th of September. We are not a technology school. We're a graduate level school that talks about information and the use of information and what senior leaders need to know to leverage information and information technology for strategic advantage. Dr. Young, tell us about the Information Resources Program. CISO is the Chief Information Security Officer uh, certificate that we have and it's a build of a hybrid of courses. So we started off with the Information Assurance Certificate, but we knew that it wasn't able to cover all the areas that we felt a security officer would really need to know. So we go from high-level courses at like the 30,000 view of uh, information assurance and infrastructure protection, going into certification of systems, accreditation, there's cyber law, continuity of operations, which would be disaster recovery, business continuity planning, we also have a course on Enterprise Information Security Risk Management, which gives us a certification for risk analysis. We have basic courses within the Certificate for General Electronic Networking and Telecommunications, which teaches your basic manager who may not know anything about networks, they're just a manager of those people, um, how TCPIP works, how different uh, CDMA technologies and uh, DPS technologies work. Then we have my course, which is the Cybersecurity for Information Leaders. Captain Mancini and I teach that together, and it's a course that is a hybrid lab course. It takes in all the threats and awareness that 
that we think a manager needs to know and takes them into a laboratory where they actually sit down, they'll get an hour-long lecture on threats and vulnerabilities, then we go in and actually show them what tools hackers use. And we use all the tools from the wild. This is a network not connected to uh, NDU, it's a standalone network, and we actually take things off the net. So Captain Mancini is the manager of the lab, we go out and find the most recent attacks, like cross-site scripting and uh, credentials. And there was actually something at Black Hat this last week we both went to with SSL strip, which is secure socket layer stripping, which is really interesting. We take that into the laboratory and expose um, managing students and those officers that are coming here so they can actually experience it. They use Linux, they use Windows, they use Mac systems, they use biometric systems, they use digital forensic systems, firewalls, intrusion detection. So it kind of forces them to get out of their comfort zone of being a manager and actually puts them at a keyboard. Some of the other courses under the CISO certificate, we have physical infrastructure protection, homeland security, homeland security tools and techniques. We have a couple classified courses. The topics deal with security information age, military strategy and information warfare, strategic infrastructure protection, and then we have some other privacy, privacy rights, and one that's very interesting that also brings the students into the laboratory is our new course on managing security control systems, which is looking at your data, your supervisory control and data acquisition. And we teach them how to go into those systems, look at the security of the infrastructure, see how secure it is. And we have a nice mock-up in the laboratory for students to actually take down a power grid and actually take over systems using wireless attacks that they learned in previous classes through the courses. And then the final class is a brand new class that Captain Mancini and Dr. Herb Latchow are working, and it's called Terrorism and Crime in Cyberspace, and it's the newest uh, course in the certificate. They deal with the cross-site scripting, the Russian mafia, how they're using the Internet, how terrorists and criminals are using the Internet, and how we teach students to be aware when they're going on the net to learn uh, to know how cross-site scripting occurs, how these uh, botnets are used, and removable media. So that handout that you just received at that conference, which was a small USB drive that they gave you for free, what's really on that USB drive? What's on the system that you're going to be plugging into your home system? And hopefully not a government system, the Department of Defense blocks that. But we were trying to teach our students how, even with a digital forensics tool and looking at that removable drive, we can't always find that malware because it might be a zero-day exploit that's never been seen before. Dr. Young, uh, what new information security courses will the college offer in the coming months and years? So mainly we'll be doing is look to see what's coming over the security horizon, and we will get our ideas from that. The terrorism in uh, cyberspace course was just stood up this year as a need for that. Aren't stuck in the certificates. Like, we don't have to teach the same thing over and over and over. There are many different ways we can do it. You have to have an audience for a course. So if you build a course, those specifics to such a small population, then you're going to run through that population. So we have try to make our courses generalized to cybersecurity so that I can take that database administrator with no background or go up to a CISSP, a CISM, or a red team penetration tester from NSA. The big thing Captain Mancini and I have actually discussed going with forward with a course recommendation for certified ethical hacker type course from EC Council but we wouldn't want to be exactly that, but we'd want to do some of those aspects. Like, let's look and let's take some students and put them into a lab and let them do some capture the flag and hacking and going through and doing things. But the issue is, do I have the audience for that? Will I have 100 students a year or 200 that are going to come in as certified ethical hackers? And then what happens when I make them certified ethical hackers and I re release them on the public? So there's this due diligence and responsibility, but we will assuredly stay up with the tempo of security and review what President Obama, the recommendations for securing cyberspace, and continue to make courses that are relevant to both our unclassified students and our classified students, um, but also making sure that we don't uh, make our courses too specific, that we won't have a sizable audience for them. Dr. Childs? 
we're going to have a meeting with uh, Melissa Hathaway here in the next few weeks and find out where the administration is going. We're doing two things simultaneously because government rules prevent us from using a lot of the Web 2.0 technologies. We have a separate enclave where we can experiment with those technologies because part of our responsibility is innovation and experimentation. We actually have innovation labs also that are looking at possible ways to use Web 2.0 technologies. At the same time, Rocky and his people are showing the vulnerabilities in those systems. When you talk about going ahead, what's going to happen? One of the big things is we're sponsoring this huge cloud computing symposium. We're taking a look at the pros and cons of cloud computing here. As you know, DISA is very quickly moving into the cloud computing area. I couldn't guess what it's going to look like 12 months from now. I couldn't guess three months from now. Consequently, we just have to stay alert to these things. And like I said, the exploration of the cloud computing, the experimentation we're doing could influence federal policy. Dr. Childs tells me that the faculty teaching information assurance courses come from a a variety of backgrounds, mostly non-technical and some with surprisingly non-traditional ones. Uh, Dr. Young, please tell me about yourself. I come from a different background. I was an Air Force communications officer for 22 years, but also a medical officer. And what's nice about my background is I still am a practicing provider. I see patients, I write prescriptions, I read x-rays. And what's nice is in government networks, when we go in and do a red team or a penetration or an evaluation of a network, if you come across uh, medical information, you have to cease and desist, stop. Whereas a medical provider, I can actually see that information. I can review it and and protect it appropriately. Not many of us come up from a a strict computer background where they were trained and educated. They're coming from data administrators, from uh, physical security, then becoming operational security, then becoming IT professionals. We have a couple of lawyers on our staff and psychologists on our staff that come from different backgrounds and then come up through IT. Um, That's why it's good to look at the whole individual when you're hiring someone. They may not have the degree, but they may have experience. And then the reverse could also be true. They may not have the experience and they have a degree. So you really have to look through that resume and see, did they really get that security credential or is it more of a pencil whip security credential? Captain Mancini, I'll let him talk. He is a communications officer in the Air Force. This is Captain Mancini. Uh, I'm basically, I'm still active duty Air Force. There are several uh, active duty officers on the staff. And basically, I was kind of just recruited by Dr. Young. And uh, my background is one of the few that's actually comp sci and uh, my master's in software engineering. So as I kind of got here and see the other faculty, they're, they're absolutely dead on. There are very few people with true IT backgrounds. But if you look at some of the courses we have, you don't necessarily teaching pure IT, for example, cyber law. You know, you do need a lawyer there who just has a taste of IT so they can talk about the legal aspect of it. But in our case, in the cybersecurity class, it's one of the few classes where you really need an IT guy because we're down there creating the labs ourselves. I can teach a class about policy, and it's still relevant a year from now. But if I'm going to teach you a class, say, cybersecurity, if I talk about things a year from now, I'm, I'm completely out of it because things change on a daily basis. So some classes you do need that IT background, and we have it. In some classes you can get away with keeping it at a high level and having somebody that has, like I said, a, a medical background or a legal background. I'm curious about the students, the government, IT, and security pros who take these courses. What drives them to enroll? Dr. Young? So mainly the students are driven by either their job requirements. Now I'm now an information security manager. I have to have a certificate. Or maybe they think uh, they're going to go into a new area of expertise. Maybe they want to be a CIO someday. And if you're going to be a CIO, then you're going to need to know about security because that's the number one reason one gets removed as a CIO. Or maybe they may just be branching out or trying to become a better 
as we say in security, every room is responsible for security. But I think that we open the eyes of a lot of people that come in and say, well, security is boring. All you do is come in like internal affairs. You beat us. You tell us what we can't do. And we try to tell our students that you're coming in to make the mission happen. It's risk acceptance. It's risk mitigation. But ultimately, security is supposed to help, not hinder the mission. So a lot of people are coming in because security is being tacked on. They get to the end product. Uh, program managers are, are running million-dollar programs. And they get to the end, and they forgot security. So a lot of people are coming in so that they can, as they say, bake security in, not tack it on. So that everyone realizes that cyber is so important, but we all see this topic as too big for us to get around. But as we increase the awareness and everyone becomes a security professional, we won't be the one beating it into you. We'll be the one just trying to provide information. That's Information Resources Management College faculty member Rocky Young who, along with another instructor, Stephen Mancini, and the college's executive director, Robert Childs, joined us today. Thank you, gentlemen. If you're a government employee interested in attending the college and have at least a bachelor's degree, check out its website at www.ndu.edu irmc. That's www.ndu.edu irmc. Oh, by the way, if you attend, your agency will pay for the tuition. For the Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Please look for other interviews on our website, govinfosecurity.com. Thanks for listening.